Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. I'm Jeff Benjamin, co-hosting with Bruce Kelly. And our special guest this week is none other than Ryan Neal, who has been with Investment News this time for a little over a week or two. Uh, he, after a two-year hiatus when he went somewhere else to work, and uh, but he used to work at Investment News for about two years, I think. Uh, he's back now. His title is, I think, uh, editor, grand poobah, and uh, team bowling <laughs> uh, coach uh, at all. And um, we're going to talk to him about his uh, recent trip to the T3 conference, some of the things he learned there and saw there. And we're also going to talk to him about his, uh, his plans for coverage of the tech sector, uh, fintech, at uh, while he's back at Investment News. Welcome, uh, welcome Ryan to the program and welcome back to Investment News. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really exciting to be back, uh, be back here, back at home. He's yeah. also one of the brightest guys that I've had the pleasure of working with, Jeff, at yes. Investment News. He's sharp as a tack, oh, and he knows he knows the financial advice industry really well, and he and he and he and he calls bullshit on people. So this is a this, yes. It, that's the that last part is uh, is key to. Uh, Ryan's value. We're going to get into that a little bit right. too. But that, it's um, just great to have him back at Investment News after losing him to a to a competitor for two years. It is well, good to have him back, and I cannot wait to next time I see him in person because he's Ryan is always fun to drink a beer or two with, or go bowling with. Well, I'm not going to go bowling with this guy. He's like a semi pro. <laughs> you know? Probably got bowling shoes on right now. Um, I wish I did. Well, you guys are too kind. I know we'll get into it, but uh, I'll just say, you know, one of the things I'm most excited about is being back with this newsroom. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, you know, Jeff, Bruce, and, and Mark over there are, uh, you know, like the trifecta of professional journalists covering this space. And I've learned so much from you guys when I was here. And um, it's just cool to be back. And, uh, you know, I love you guys. And, and it's, uh, um, it's, you know, happy family again. All right. right. Well, thank you for that. Hey. Well, let's let's kind of roll into this. You you were at uh, earlier this week. We're recording here today on May sixth. Uh, earlier this week, you were in Texas at the T three conference. Uh, That's the Joel let's, Bruckenstein let's, gig, yeah, I believe. Joel Bruckenstein's uh, hustle, yep. his gig. Uh, tell us a little bit about that event, and then we'll, we'll we'll get into a little bit of the the details of things you learned. Sure. So I, I believe this was the eighteenth annual. Uh, T3 conference. It's the technology tools for today. Um, you know, it, it's it's probably the first and I'd say lo- uh, definitely longest running, biggest conference focused solely on advisor technology. Um, it's been on hiatus the last two years. Um, I think the last one was actually February 2020, right before the world shut down. Um, so this was kind of the first one back. And um, According to the conference organizers, it was the largest fintech or largest T3 in history. Uh, about a thousand people showed up. Uh, they huh. said about half of them were financial advisors, which is uh, big for for them. That's a uh, lot of people. Yeah. yeah, it was. And the sort of general vibe was just a lot of thankfulness to be back. Everyone was really excited to see each other in person, uh, to you know have drinks with each other, to have conversations. Uh, for most people there, it was their first event back. Um, and there was still general, you know, sense of excitement. Um, and that, I'd say that was the number one takeaway I had there. And, mm-hmm. and Ryan, where and when was this and, and how many days and all that stuff? Yeah, it kicked off um, Monday. It's in Denton, Texas, 
which is a um, sort of college town suburb outside of Dallas. Uh, maybe best known from the band The Mountain Goats have a song called The Best Ever Death Metal Band Out of Denton. That's the only <laughs> time I've ever heard of it. Yeah, it's, I don't know if I'd go with best known, but good. <laughs> no, that's, that's, the, that's the name of the song. Uh, it's actually pretty good. And it's not even close to a death metal song. It's like a kind of a folky acoustic track. But anyway. Um, Can you sing a little bit? Does it actually have lyrics? It does. Yes, yes. It's uh, the best at our death metal band at a Denton. Uh, it was a couple of guys who'd known each other since grade school. It's a, it's a very silly little folk song. All right. I'm going to have to go search. I got to find that on Spotify. I can't get yeah. that song out of my head. It's good. It's good. Anyway, Denton's actually a fun little town. It's 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 out of the way, but it's it's got a funky little downtown area. Lots of fun little bars and restaurants. And my cat is joining me now on the podcast. You can't see him, but he just jumped up. Uh, so anyway, that's where it was. It's kicked off on Monday. It was three days focused on uh, independent advisors, and then the fourth day was their enterprise conference, which focused more on you know large firms, large broker dealers, and the sort of unique tech challenges that they have. What what are I mean, our audience is obviously financial advisors. What are some of the the big tech issues right now, the fintech issues in the, the RIA space? I mean, you, you weren't with Investment News for two years, but you were covering the same space. I know you're very fluent in this area. I'd say the number one sort of talking point this year was just the, the, the theme of coming out of the pandemic. What changed? Mm-hmm. How did advisors' technology change over the last two years? And what are they looking to do going forward? So there was a lot of... Uh, um, you know, new technologies, which, which technologies people are using the most of now, how has that changed? How has adoption changed? Um, integration remains an issue. I mean, it, it feels weird because some of this stuff is similar to issues we've been talking about for years, you know, integration and digital onboarding <laughs> and having a human experience. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a lot more of the all-in-one platforms. You know, we've had so much M&A activity in fintech over the last few years. People like Orion and InvestNet and InvestCloud and Advisor Engine that are kind of putting together these all-in-one comprehensive fintech platforms. Uh, and they were really showing off a lot of that at T3. And advisors, rather than trying to integrate all these individual companies together, getting these one kind of out-of-the-box, you can do it all. You got your CRM, you got your trading, you got your financial planning, you got your reporting, all kind of in one system. So there was a, there was a lot of that this year. Let's, uh, I guess let's talk about the first thing you wrote from there earlier this week, um, last week, once this recording is published. The, the first day was mostly, as I understand it, sponsored presentations, but your count was that it was almost all men, right? Uh, no women. One woman dialed in virtually, but uh, the, the presentations, and I, I think as you explained it, I'm going to let you explain it, but I just want to, for our audience context here, um, this was not really so much a knock on T3 because these were these were sponsored sessions, and this is just kind of a little bit of, you know, maybe not reading the room of these, these sponsoring firms not thinking to present their, uh, I guess their have their presentations with a little more diversity than just men, right? Yeah, so there were 20 scheduled speakers for the day, uh, I believe, 2019, something around there. And as you said, there was one woman on the agenda the whole day. She did not uh, make it on the stage. She made it, um, she called in via Zoom. And yeah, as you said, it's, it's mostly sponsored content where 
There were a couple panels, but usually this first day is companies pay for their spot. They come up and they talk about an issue in financial planning or they talk about their research or they talk about, uh, you know, here's a trend we're seeing and then here's how our software can address that for you. Um, some are pretty salesy, others are less salesy. Some did actually do a panel discussion, but it's mostly sponsored. So yeah, as you said, I, I didn't see this as a knock on T3 per se. Uh, mm -hmm. The organizers definitely acknowledged it and said, you know, we understand it, it's not great, it's something we try to work on. At the end of the day, we can't control who the companies send up on stage for these sessions. And also to their credit, the rest of the conference was quite diverse. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the keynote speakers were women. Uh, Jenny Johnson, CEO of Franklin Templeton. Nisha Hathi is the chief digital officer at Schwab. So the, it, it was a, a good event. But what I think it points to is the ongoing lack of diversity within the fintech world itself. These mm -hmm. companies don't have a lot of executives or leading you know, people in leading positions that are women. It's still a mm -hmm. mostly men's uh, business. And that was made clear uh, at T3. And that's like a long-running, you know, criticism of the tech world in general, the whole Silicon Valley, yes. white male-driven, driven, you know, uh, industry. Absolutely. And I found some data to support this. Uh, I'd have to pull it up uh, to see exactly what it was. But it's, you know, a very small percentage of fintech companies have women executives and even so I think it's five percent or six percent something like that of fintech companies studied had a woman CEO less than that you know I think it was four percent have chief technology officers or chief information officers that are women um, so I think yeah it's an ongoing problem it's not just fintech it is cross technology but when you kind of combine the two together finance and technology uh, the representation <laughs> is even smaller well know? it's like 20 percent 25 percent of financial advisors are women right right so and a fewer are are minorities by all the data right so it's like you take <laughs> you get two very you get technology and you get finance, you know, and you smush those together, you're going to have a very undiverse crowd, right. I guess. And this wasn't this wasn't even me trying to, you know, do a gotcha story on investment news. You know, it was or on T3. There were multiple people coming up to me and, and talking to me about it. And right. During the first day, they said, you know, did you notice this? You know, it stood out to us. And then on the second day, there was a panel hosted by Suzanne Syracuse, our former boss, around diversity and inclusion, <laughs> and she called attention to it. She had no, she started her presentation saying, you know, yesterday there was only men on stage, and that's a problem that we can't tolerate. Um, so, you know, it wasn't just me trying to be, you know, the lefty liberal over here. It was it was talked about. It was noticed <laughs> at the conference. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what's interesting to me when you talk about Silicon Valley. I, I mean, I know the, the history of of the financial or the wealth management industry, but I isn't Silicon Valley supposed to be young and hip and progressive and forward thinking and all that stuff? And you said it's still dominated by men, right? I would say that that the idea that the Silicon Valley is very lefty thinking um, is a bit of a misnomer from you know a lot of right wing media that portrays it that way. Silicon Valley's got its own kind of weird politics. Um, you know, a lot of social issues they present themselves as very left, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's a lot of coders and hiring that are still very heavily white, very heavily male. Um, and they've had a very long time shaking that. And you can look back, there's lots of controversies at companies like Uber, at Google, at Facebook, at Amazon, 
down the road of harassment issues, of um, hiring issues, uh, discrimination. I mean, it's 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 a it's a pretty talked about problem for years now. This isn't really designed to be a DEI uh, episode, <laughs> but um, but it is it is um, it's so prevalent that these days that you're. I'm just always surprised when I see this happen. There's so many loud voices out there calling these things out that. I mean, we run our own conferences here at Investment News, and we're very conscious of, of presenting uh, diverse panels and presenting. Yeah, we have a diversity conference, right? <laughs> so. Right. And we, we have a diversity, equity, and inclusion Equity and out. inclusion, yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, and I think that was what a lot of people said. Again, as, as we've both said, this was less a knock on T3 because they were sponsored sessions. At the same time, you know, if they were being... Uh, uh, mindful of it, which they say they were. They had their own policy, their own pan, or you know, their own committee to make sure this wasn't there was representation. It, it, they still let it get by, and you know, they could have maybe mm-hmm. scheduled somebody in there. Right. Joel told me a lot of their big name speakers could only make it on Tuesday or Wednesday, and it wasn't really their fault either. But you know what I'm saying? As you said, it's so talked about, it's so noticeable. Right. That yeah. I mean, if Suzanne just, mentioned it from the stage, obviously it's an issue. And it's just funny to me that here people are all geared up to come back to this tech conference after more than two years, two years plus, right? And and keyed up, and then whoof, they get hit with this the first day. It just, it just, uh, yeah. Well, that's it's we, that's kind of funny or ironic or whatever. However it, you want to it say, it probably won't happen next year. That's what that's what my <laughs> bet is. It'll be it'll be uh, anyway. Um, <clears throat> speaking of getting back to conferences, um, Ryan, I know you've traveled a bit or you know i don't know a lot of these conferences have just started rolling up over the past six months or so getting back into live in person i personally haven't been to a conference since january of 2020 i haven't been to a work conference since january 2020 and i know there are there are some i'll be going to this year but um do you get a sense that people are a lot of the people you're seeing at these events are like kind of just now coming out again or to the events or are or is it you know the people that have been kind of the road warriors all the way through. I'd say it's it's a it's a solid mix. People are kind of mm-hmm. all over the place within their own um, comfortable levels, comfortability mm-hmm. levels, I guess. Um, you know, some of the people I interviewed, we're doing a special podcast next week that I recorded from T3, and I asked a lot of people about this. You know, how have you been? You know, as you're emerging from the pandemic, what are you up to? And you know, some people are like, oh, well, I've been doing road trips the whole time, or I've been out, you know, doing out- outdoor activities, or I've been to a few conferences. Other people are, as you said, this is kind of their first time coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, the, the joke, actually, I don't even know if it's a joke, but what I heard from a lot of people, um, both, you know, uh, consultants and marketing people, as well as the fintech companies, was well, they, they kept talking about their uh, their conference fitness. They were like, oh, I, I forget how to do this. I forget how exhausting it is. Yeah. I forget how to <laughs> make my sales pitch and shake hands. Um, there was a lot of that. You know, well, I think it was mostly kidding, but definitely some truth to it, you know. What? Uh, let's talk about your, you know, back on the IN staff now. What are what are some of the things you have planned? I know you're going to be writing a regular column, right? I will be. I'm back uh, the on technology column that I launched uh, with Investment News, I want to say 2017. Mm-hmm. I am back on that uh, after it's been under the careful stewardship of Sean Aloka, a friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. I am taking I'm taking back the keys, and so I'll be doing that. Uh, I think. Uh, don't quote me on the uh, the how how often we're doing it. I'm not sure. It's once a month, I think. Um, but I'll be do- contributing to that more often, just as I get ideas for analysis topics that I'd like to do. 
Um, but yeah, back on back on the tech beat, doing a lot of the similar stuff I had been doing. Um, but I do want to change our coverage a bit from those kind of daily updates on uh, integrations and M&A, although M&A is obviously very important. And I want to focus a lot more on the people of fintech and kind of what's mm-hmm. going on there and what are the bigger stories, the bigger issues, because I feel like fintech in general is a bit plateaued lately. It's There was so much excitement over the last decade and we've started to hear kind of the same things for the last few years, that you need digital and human together, right? That you need right. digital marketing, that you need, uh, you know... Ryan, what was your riff end-to-end seamless integration? What was yeah, the, the seamless, you- the, the, the seamless, uh, the seamless, frictionless, efficient end-to-end <laughs> integration. You used to crack me up in the office, man, with the, you, you, you know this marketing, this lingo, this, this, the, the, the patois that these, that is around all this endless seamless integration thing, man. It's hilarious, you know, and, and, and I look forward to hearing more about uh, seeing more of your coverage and hearing more about the people who are in these businesses. But there's more consolidation coming, it seems, right? I mean, there's been a lot of little deals. It seems like more deals are going to come. It's almost like the broker-dealer industry. You, you either have to be really big, right, or you go or you get acquired. And look at what's happened with Investnet of all things. I mean, you know. Investnet was a big Absolutely. public company, and now it's going private and, and all this. You know, it's it's a lot of stuff is happening. I think that parallel that you just just named is is completely accurate. And you know, look at the amount of private equity money that has flowed into the RIA and broker dealer space. Right, the exact same thing is happening in fintech now. They're you know they've already invested in the advisors and the firms. Now they want to invest in the technology that the advisors need to buy. Um, and as you said, a lot of the fintech companies that sort of paved the way, you know, 10 years ago, the, right. uh, among independent advisors, the Orions, the Redtails, the Riskalizes, you know, these sort of right. names that we've all become comfortable with, they're they're big now, you know, they're big time, they're making acquisitions themselves, they're wanting to compete against the big boys like Investnet, and they're signing on large contracts rather than going after RAAs, they're going after the LPLs, they're going after, you know, E-Money signed a contract with Wells Fargo. Uh, right, we reported about that deals. last year or whatever. You know, yeah. I saw your tweet. I thought that was hilarious. Some Wells uh, Fargo oh. advisor heard that they had they were using e money, and he got <laughs> all outraged because he didn't want to trade. In, he didn't want to trade crypto. Yeah, he thought, he thought e-money was a cryptocurrency. Was well, it, it is a missed opportunity for that not to be a cryptocurrency, though. And somebody, you know, they, they name them anything else. That's a perfect cryptocurrency. Yes, it is. Absolutely. What One thing I also want to ask you about, Ryan, is the, uh, you know, you talk about the people and the, the people behind the scenes and stuff like that in the space. But do you find that advisors, especially the, the smaller firms, um, I think, are they looking to people like you, kind of experts in the space, to, to guide them through the kind of technology that they need to think about and adopt and, and update to, upgrade to? I, you know, I get that question occasionally. Uh, mm-hmm. My coverage really in the past hasn't been around, um, you know, this technology's good, this one's bad. I don't use it. You know, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't feel like I'm necessarily in a good space to evaluate um, which one's uh-huh do their job which ones don't but that is you are part of my a tech job nerd to, though dude i am and i think it's part of my job is to sift through the marketing because you know every technology company's 
is the best and it works great. Every broker dealer's technology is the best and their advisors love it. Every <laughs> RIA's technology is the best and they love it. For Same the audience, the Ryan Neal is a California, Northern California kid. He grew up in Sacramento. I hope I'm not revealing too much. Uh, no, I think everyone knows that about me. Ryan, but you are, so you were you raised close to Silicon Valley and you did early blogging and stuff, right? I mean, you were like a gamer kid back in the day, the 90s and the 2000s, right? When you were, yeah, when you my, were a kid. My, my mother was a uh, computer person, um, worked with computers all through the 90s and um, worked with a company, some guys that ended up launching a, a company called Innsweb, which was the first uh, insurance, online insurance company oh. back in that dot-com boom. So, you know, the internet and computers and that whole culture is, yeah, it's been a part of my life since the beginning. I was right. like what we call an early, an early internet kid. I was on there in the <laughs> early days, back in the, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of gross, bad stuff out there, but it was fun. It was fun days back then. Right. Well, that's a nice shout out to your mother here leading into Mother's <laughs> Day weekend. Good for you, Ryan. She um, was a very sweet lady, too. by the way, Ryan's Happy mom. Happy Mother's Day to, yes. to Ryan's mother. I don't know her name, but I'm sure it's a, it's probably Susan. something with the last name of Neil. <laughs> Susan. Susan Chambliss these days. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you're, are you also going to be uh, – I know you did some podcasting at T3. Are you going to be uh, – is, is that a plan to have your own regular podcast? I think we're still working out the details on that, but I, I do think – uh, Investment News wants me to do more podcasting and multimedia in general, uh, wants me to be making appearances at conferences and maybe doing some more of this podcasting stuff that I did at T3. And I'm also going to be editing more uh, as part of my new role. I, I was last When I was at Investment News previously, I was strictly a technology reporter. Um, mm -hmm. So the LID is just, I guess, expanding what I'm doing um, from editing to multimedia as well as writing. So going to be busy. All right, Bruce, anything else for, uh, for Ryan as we, we introduce him to our audience as uh, our, our newest uh, addition or among our newest additions? No, I just, you know, Ryan is a big San Francisco Giants fan and uh, San Jose Sharks too, buddy, right? Yeah, it's my, my and my 49ers. And the 49ers. And my, and my Sacramento Kings, my beloved Kings that are perpetually terrible. And the Sacramento that's my, Kings, that's yeah, that's across the Bay, the Kings, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, that's it, yeah, it's that's just great me. to have Ryan back, and not just because it's Ryan too, but to have, you know, a, a, a deeper bench than we were riding there for a while, Jeff, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff to be, as uh, as our editor Paul Curcio says, we're back to full strength now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Ryan is too. I remember when when we were doing. Uh, remember when Goldman bought United Capital, Ryan? It Absolutely, was a Friday yeah. afternoon, and uh, we were working the story together. And then the journal came out with it at like at two o'clock, and we had our story ready to go by two fifteen or something. Yep, I do. So Ryan is multi-talented, multi—you know—not just you know a technology guy, but he knows the 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 whole financial advice industry very well. Well, you guys are you guys are flattering me. I hope I hope I can live up to all these uh, kind words. Ah, uh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we're, we know you will, Ryan. You will. Okay. Ryan, thank you so much. Launching every Monday. That was another episode of the Investment News podcast. We want to thank our special guest, Investment News' very own Ryan Neal. We also want to thank Angelica Hester, our producer. Find the podcast at investmentnews.com, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. 
reach out to Jeff on Twitter. His handle is at Benji Ryder. Mine's at BD News Guy. Stay tuned, and we'll be talking to you next week.